This is The Bittersweet Life. If you're brand new to the show, go back to the very beginning and start with episode one. I promise you it is the way to go. And if you're not new to the show, hi. You know the drill. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And once again today, we join you over the ocean, Tiffany in Rome, Katie at home in Seattle. And can I call it home anymore, Tiffany? Because it doesn't really feel like home sometimes. That's something that I can't answer for you. Uh, It's a delicate question where home is. So you really don't feel like you're home. I don't feel like, this is the thing. I would have felt like I was home before I left. But now I'm, I'm strangely unsettled. And maybe I've mentioned this on the podcast before. There's something about being back that just seems strangely ordinary. And I've come to expect more from my life than ordinary. <laughs> yeah, I think that that is something that happens to expats. Even when they just go back for a vacation, everything's too easy. It's like I walk into the grocery store and everyone understands everything I'm saying. There's something to be said about little difficulties in life, little challenges, I should say, that they kind of make your day more rewarding, maybe. Well, at least every day feels different. That's true. Particularly now that I'm mostly freelancing and working from home, my day is pretty much in the same house the majority of the time, and to the point where I know when the mailman's going to show up, what time of day it is. Yesterday he showed up early and it totally blew my mind. I'm like, what the heck? What time is it? And I looked down and I'm like, oh, it's only 1230. Usually he doesn't come till four. So for a second there, I thought I'd lost the whole day somehow. I don't know what he was thinking. I'll have to go out and talk to him about it. (laughs) Uh, Or this old guy goes by with his little tiny dog. And that old guy went by with his very tiny dog every day before I left. All these same things still happened to me, but I was gone for a year, and now I'm back, and all those same things are still happening. The stoner with the giant beard goes by and gets a cup of coffee three times a day, goes, gets the coffee, walks back, goes and gets a coffee, walks back. It's just very ordinary. And yes, like you said, being able to speak at every occasion, always being able to overhear people, it's just, it's strangely ordinary. I hate it's ordinary. true, it's true. <laughs> I, I think about that as one of the main reasons I've I kind of fear going back to the States. I fear going back to the ordinary life. Even though after 10 years in Rome, Rome is now, I wouldn't say ordinary, but it's, I'm used to it here. To me, this is normal now. I actually wonder if you were to come back to the States, if it wouldn't feel ordinary, if it would feel very for maybe not foreign, but different. Well, it does, you know, it's, it does sometimes feel foreign in a way. When I come back for, for a visit, and I definitely would take a while to get used to again, but I think it's less about, maybe this is just me, but sometimes I feel it's less about life being ordinary and more about me being ordinary. Because when you live in your own country, you might be an extraordinary person in many other ways. And you are. But, no, <laughs> thank you. No, uh, um, but when you're an expat... Even if you are a totally ordinary, regular person who's not interesting, there is something different about you when you are 
an expat. And I mean, not everybody likes to be different. I, as a kid, always wanted to be different from everyone. And I wanted to stand out. I'm a Leo. What can I say? So I, I like that. It's just slightly being different, even though it's not always for the best. Sometimes you get treated poorly. But um, I don't know. Going back to your home country, it's like, oh, I'm going back. I'm going to be I'm going to be normal now. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the other thing, see, I don't know if I ever, like, I don't know if I felt like I stood out in Italy. Maybe I stood out in the fact that people felt like I must be right off the boat or something <laughs> the majority of the time. But um, I feel more like there was something about living over there or the lifestyle, or maybe it was the way that the city looked or the history of it or my imagination, I don't know. But there was something about it that instantly connected with me more so than other places I have been, even traveling overseas, even other places in Europe, I would say that Rome and Italy connects with me better. It felt like home. I've done little stints here and there. I moved away for college. That place I moved for college never felt like home. I never even considered staying there in Bellingham, Washington, by the way, for those of you Seattleites that listen. I never considered staying in Bellingham, but I would consider staying in Italy which is strange for me because I'm kind of a homebody, as you well know. But the thing that's so frustrating about it now is that over the course of the year, I came to think about Rome as being my home, and now I am displaced from there, and I have really no way of getting back that I can see. Not only not getting back for to be employed there, but not getting back because financially I actually can't afford to go back now. So it's like being in exile from the place that feels more like your home than your current home. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I have to say I'm surprised that you feel so strongly because I didn't, I knew that you loved it when you were here most of the time. You had your frustrations and your moments like all expats do, particularly the first year. But I didn't realize, I have to be honest, I didn't realize until recently, until we started talking about it, that you had grown so attached to the city and that it had become so much of a home for you i i really didn't realize that until recently Mm -hmm. well it could be and these are the questions i'm asking myself is is it that i'm really attached or is it that this is an uncomfortable transitional period of time you know what i mean it might be it might be a bit of both (laughs) yeah it is hard to be back in a city where um my path is unclear so to speak so I have all this history here, and that's not the history that I'm currently living anymore, so then what? And Mm. something about being overseas made it feel like all of that doesn't matter. There's nothing but infinite possibility, and when you're back in your hometown, it it seems like there's at least more self-imposed expectation, my own, I'm sure. (laughs) Mm. Oh, that's a hard one. But the other thing is, is that Sometimes you just lament. I shouldn't say you, I. I just lament. I'm a person who doesn't necessarily do transitions very well. I try to, and I keep thinking I'm going to one day, but I don't. And <laughs> <laughs> and so I'll just somehow, sometimes, you know, Derek will come into the office and I'll just be sitting here scrolling through pictures, you know, of, <laughs> from Rome or like of our neighborhood or whatever, reading reviews of Evo Pizza or something stupid online. <laughs> just because you I used to live not. above it. <laughs> just because you I... do not, please. I have. Oh my God. I have, I'll admit it. And it makes me feel sad because it makes Derek feel sad because he does transitions much better. And he kind of hates, 
even thinking that I'm still lamenting the fact that we don't live overseas anymore. And that somehow it's mm. like a failing that he wasn't able to figure out a way for us to stay. But it's not a failing oh. for him at all. That's just him trying to make my life better. But my point is always that it's probably okay to mourn it too, to a certain degree. I think so. I mean, I wish I had more wise words for you. You I don't think, need any wise words. It's fine. I think I mentioned on the on a previous podcast, maybe the, the last one, that when I was living in Rome the first year and I was going through a really difficult time, really difficult, like three or four traumatic things happened to me that first year to 18 months that I was here. Every so often I used to hear this song being played by accordion players in the street called Arrivederci Roma. It's this song that someone is singing and they're leaving Rome and they're saying goodbye to Rome. It's very cheesy, but it's, it's kind of a nice song if you want to look it up. The Dean Martin version. Make sure you get the Dean Martin version. But I'll, anyway. I'll end the podcast with it. How about that? Sounds end good. <laughs> I used to listen to that song and I used to think, oh my God, if I had to leave Rome, I would die. Until the nine month mark, I was struggling. I was lonely. I was in a difficult situation financially and otherwise. And I was not thriving in any sense of the word. I was barely surviving. And yet, I thought, I could never leave. How could I ever leave this place? So I know what, it, what it's like to get a place into your soul. And, and, and yes, to leave a place that you love and not be able to go back even to visit, at least not in the perceivable future, it's hard. And don't, get, don't beat yourself up about it. Well, particularly, I feel like now is the time that you'd want to visit the most. I haven't been gone that long, but let's fast forward a few months from now. A lot of the people that are, I was friends with, they're still there. They're not going to all be there forever. It's sort of like, you want to go now. I want to go record some podcasts. I'll be there forever. Sorry, no. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I want to record some podcasts with you in person. Because now that, now that we are reinventing the show, I think of all these different ideas that we could have done on the streets together. So I still need to get back over there just so we could do some of those episodes. <laughs> but I think that you will. I don't know that it'll be in the next six months, but I can't imagine that it, it won't happen eventually. So hang on to those ideas. We'll do them. Okay. I'll start making a list. Okay. We'll solicit ideas for from our listeners about what they want to hear on the Great Reunion Tour. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what about you? I mean, you're from Seattle, but now nobody you know actually lives... Well, you know me here, but you, nobody you know family-wise yeah, is still of, here. I have kind of the opposite problem. I grew up in Seattle, as uh, you probably know if you've been listening. Lived in... Not in Seattle, but just outside for the first 18 years of my life. I didn't know any other um, home but the the close suburbs of Seattle. Frankly, couldn't wait to get away. Not because I didn't love the city. I really appreciated it and thought it was, and still think it's a beautiful and vibrant city, but because I just wanted to stretch my wings, you know, and I wanted to explore and I wanted to go far from home as far as I could, could go. I never really considered moving back to Seattle. I just felt like Seattle is way too far away from Europe. And if I ever moved back to the States, it would have to be on the East Coast because I, I can't be that far from Europe. That was the main reason. But I have to admit that in recent years, I've started to develop a nostalgia for Seattle. 
Mm-hmm. And I think the main reason is because my family doesn't live there anymore. My mom moved away in 2007 and sold the house where I grew up, which I was very, very attached to. That was difficult. My dad hung around um, and didn't move until about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And that, I didn't realize it at the time, but that made a huge difference because despite my friends and my uncle, I don't have a, a real pressing reason to go back to Seattle, at least often. And certainly it would be hard to stay for a longer period of time. Yes, exactly. I don't have my dad's house to stay at or my mom's house to stay at. Also, I have this issue, <laughs> which, I mean, some people might say it's a nice thing. And it is in a sense, but my family being so spread out, when I come to the States, my mother's in Arizona, my father's in Idaho. So, you know, I have to already juggle those cities. And it's not, as you know, cheap to, you know, fly from city to city within the country. It's never happened, at least in the past six years, that I've been back to Seattle. I'm starting to really miss it because I always used to come back at least, at least every other year if not every year. When my mom lived there, I was probably coming every year. After she left, probably around every other year. And now it's been years, and I feel like I never said goodbye to my city where I grew up. And I feel like I'll never have a reason to spend any length of time there. And that makes me really sad. I have two questions about that. What? What? How would you say goodbye? What would you have done? I don't know that maybe saying goodbye is a dramatic way of saying it. But I think when you just know you're leaving a place and you you look at it, not for the last time, because you're going to probably, I mean, you might come back and visit, but kind of just being aware that you're not going to be back here again regularly. Mm-hmm. And would maybe you would, maybe you would go to your favorite coffee shop where you went when you were a teenager. And maybe you would go to your favorite bookshop or take a walk along, you know, Green Lake or the things that you used to do. And, and of course, I haven't done any of that. I kind of have reverse homesickness in a way. I, I guess it's not reverse homesickness. You have reverse homesickness. You are just homesick. Because, <laughs> and I guess I'm just homesick, which is weird because I don't consider Seattle my home anymore. I haven't lived there permanently since 1995 so I bet it would be like riding a bike it might be but you know the difference is I never lived in Seattle as an adult that's true so I always lived in my mom's house in the suburbs I wouldn't know where to begin like I don't know how to get around in Seattle maybe it would be like an exciting adventure then it It probably would be it probably would be yeah well maybe that's something to consider (laughs) why don't we do I I've told my husband that the next time we're ba- we go to the States, we're going to Seattle. Like, it's uh, an absolute must because I want him to see where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Well, we could do a house exchange. I'll come to your house and you come to mine. We could totally do a house exchange, but then I wouldn't see you. Well, you've seen me. <laughs> we'll have to overlap it by a couple days. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When you think about it in that nostalgic way, what do you actually picture? What do you miss about it? Well, I think about my home where I grew up, which was on Lake Washington. I mean, it's like pretty idyllic. I think about the summers that I spent swimming in Lake Washington with my friends and water skiing. And I also think about the actual city itself. I worked for two summers in a row when I was in university. When I came home from university, I worked 
for my dad who worked in a high rise in downtown Seattle. I loved that time. I was really young. I was 18 and I felt like an adult because I was working at an office and dressing up every day and taking the bus and getting my lunch at the little cafe. So I think about those streets, 5th Avenue, 4th Avenue, Madison, Spring. I think about going out for dinner down in Belltown with my sister and her husband and my mom when uh, I think it was the summer my sister got married. And, you know, I just have a lot of memories. I have memories of going out with you and Suzanne and our other friends from the theater on Capitol Hill. Those are the things I think about. The kinds of reminiscing that happens when you're missing a place, me missing Rome, you missing Seattle. Sometimes I get to dream, dreaming about someone over there just calling me up and saying, we have this amazing job opportunity for you or Katie, here's enough money for the podcast, The Bittersweet Life, so you can actually go live overseas and you and Tiffany need to make more of these and we're going to go ahead and sponsor you living over there. (laughs) Wild fantasies, right? That's never going to (laughs) happen. Meanwhile, if anyone's out there listening and wants to sponsor (laughs) us, we should do a Kickstarter campaign of get Katie back over to Europe so that they can record some real episodes. You also have that kind of thing like let's say I called you up Tiffany and I had this amazing dream job for you in Seattle part of you would think I don't really want that opportunity don't you think oh definitely do you actually want to go back or do you only think that you want to go back yeah missing a place doesn't necessarily mean you want to live there I mean for me anyway I would love to be able to visit Seattle once a year I think that would be enough for me Mm-hmm. But I mean, not that I wouldn't move back there if I got an amazing job, of course. <laughs> but um, but it'd have to be pretty amazing. When you give up a lot to move abroad, particularly if you're an American, because moving abroad, unless you're going to Canada, for it probably means crossing an ocean or at the very least taking a very long flight. So that means you can't take your stuff with you unless you're rich. You're probably changing languages when you make that kind of a sacrifice to start a new life somewhere else, you are very unwilling to go back because it would almost be like, well, then why did I do all of that if I'm just coming back? True. Except that's exactly what I did. (laughs) Yes and no. You knew from the beginning that you were doing that. You didn't give up. Not that stuff is everything, but you sublet your apartment, worked out pretty well for you. Yes, you gave up a job. That is true. But you knew it was only, you you knew you were only going for a short period of time, or at least you assumed that you wouldn't continue. There's always a possibility, but you didn't go over there saying, okay, let's make this work. Let's live there forever. I would like to hear from more people who are freelancers that are somehow making it overseas, having nothing to do with the culture that they're living in. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Like not working particularly for me because I'm not very good at languages obviously if anyone who's heard this (laughs) well knows (laughs) Uh, that I I can have a desire to live overseas but it's hard for me to picture how what exactly would I be doing you are a little bit I think overqualified for some of these jobs the typical jobs that expats do teaching English that's a classic and you don't need to speak a foreign language to do it Being a tour guide, there you go. (laughs) Being a tour guide, you don't need to speak a foreign language. You're doing it in your own language. Um, Obviously, you need to understand the culture, though, to be a tour guide. But, you know, you have very specific qualifications, so I don't know if it would make sense for you to take a job like that. Yeah, what we need is somebody to pay me to do this podcast. (laughs) 
<laughs> True. But I, I do think teaching at a foreign university or a foreign high school yes. could be could absolutely work. And I know a lot of people who do that. Which I actually applied for. So we'll see. We'll see. Keep your fingers crossed, everyone. I applied to teach as an adjunct faculty member at John Cabot University. I suggested that I teach audio storytelling. I don't know if they're going to go for it, but why not? You never know. Why not? I think it's a great idea. They're looking for people in communications, so hope for the best. I am hoping for the best. <laughs> so what is our conclusion? Our conclusion is I may or may not want to live in Rome, but right now I feel like I do want to live in Rome and I can't get back. And so that's the current state of affairs on this side of the ocean. And what is the current state of affairs on your side of the ocean? I think that there's a little bit of grass is greener going on on this podcast. Okay, fine. You might be right. I really do. On both sides. On both sides. I think you're feeling it a little bit more acutely because you have come back recently and I haven't lived in Seattle for a long time. When you're in another place, the other place always seems perfect. And we know that's not true. And we know, that, especially in the case of Rome, we know that's not true. <laughs> and I almost daily say under my breath, I have got to get out of this place. And it's not because of the city. It's because of the residents. But that's another story. Maybe it's time for a visit to Seattle. I think so. I need a dose of nice, polite, courteous people. And Seattle is full of those. You can start Googling after we get out this conversation. Start seeing what flights are costing. <laughs> See if you can get over. Yeah, maybe maybe I will. Maybe I will. All right. Well, let's leave it there for now. This is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Talk to you next week. Want to reach the show? Maybe you have a topic idea. Maybe you want to sponsor us. You can always email us at bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at M-A-I-L dot com. And now we're also on Twitter, at BittersweetPod. Look us up there, and we'll see you soon.
Say the wedding bells for my returning. Keep my lover's arms outstretched and yearning. Please be sure the flame of love keeps burning. Ooh. 